Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. Turn down what's going on everybody it's your boy a double you now tuned into episode 78 of do rags and boat shoes much love and respect to everybody who listened to last week's episode shout out to my fellow podcasters out there who reposted the episode up on their uh soundcloud page uh help boosting some listens and uh the listens are going up across the board so shout out to everybody i know there's a few people catching up um, and a few folks who like the tracks on SoundCloud. And if you're not on SoundCloud, make sure you follow me on SoundCloud. I always follow back at Do Rags and Boat Shoes. You can also follow me on Twitter at Do Rags Boat Shoes. There's no and in there. D U R A G S Boat Shoes. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Omaha Hostage. O M A H A H O S T A G E. And the same name on Snapchat, Omaha Hostage. Uh, let's see uh, what is going on in the world today. Uh, I guess the first things first, we will talk about uh, just this past weekend. Me and the wife went and seen um, this movie called Unforgettable with Rosario Dawson and Katherine Heigl uh, over in Council Tucky. Since we stay downtown, it's so close, just across the bridge over to uh, AMC. Movie can start at like 7:45. We can leave the crib, you know, at 7:30 and still have time to grab popcorn. But so this movie was a uh, very, very, uh, very made for TV. I don't know how I got past the big screen. I mean, Katherine Heigl and Rosario Dawson—they were trying. They were trying. So the whole plot of this movie was uh, there was a husband who moved on from his psycho ex-wife and Rosario Dawson was the new woman who's about to marry the ex-husband and uh, the ex-wife played by Katherine Heigl went all crazy basic instinct and stuff like that. And it was, I don't know, it was just there were so many holes in the plot and uh you know me and me and the wife went and seen the movie because we ain't been out to the movies in a minute for date night so we tried to make the best of it and uh it was a huge disappointment let me tell you it was basically a cable movie a lifetime movie or one of them abc movies that you know used to come on sunday nights and that's how you knew that you have to go to school on monday that's how you knew the weekend was ending because there would be some abc movie of the week that's pretty much unforgettable unforgettable was forgettable so if you see it out there do not go see it you know don't be like oh this is this looks great looks amazing no it doesn't it is not amazing at all so anyways we were after the uh movie it was an early movie so it got out about 9 50 close to 10 o'clock the wife is always like let's stop at the casino and do that and then uh so uh, we haven't been to the casino in probably about a year maybe over a year and we go to uh i think it was a Marastar 
casino which is right by the movie theater and my god was it depressing like soon as you stepped in there you felt this uh you felt this energy that was that was just so negative and the smell of cigarettes and the stench of stale clothes and alcohol and oh my god it was just a bad vibe like you're walking around trying to find a slot machine to play and uh you know uh, my wife likes those uh digital slot machines which are pretty fun it has those uh free games you know if you hit a certain amount but my thing with those digital slot machines nobody knows what wins you what it's just always like three things pop up and then there's like bonus games happening but like the walking dead one the uh uh, the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory one like you could have a whole full row of Willy Wonka and you won't win shit but you could have like some uh, Oompa Loompas, the Blueberry Girl and uh, a golden ticket and some other shit and then all of a sudden you won four or five dollars you like it don't make any sense like it's just random ass combination wins you money but if you got like a full straight row of the same symbol you ain't got shit doesn't make sense at all i don't know i think people just like the loud colors and shit like that but anyways so the energy it just wasn't right there it just didn't feel right it stunk in there and uh, it was just you know all eyes are on you you walk in there and people are you know eyeing you like oh, what are you doing you're about to come by machine my machine no no you're fucking with my machine and then you got people who got like two cigarettes going at the same time or uh they got uh two machines going at the same time they sitting on uh one stool in front of two slot machines you know looking back and forth got three hundred dollars in this machine and four hundred dollars in the next machine and they just they just trying to hit they trying to hit and oh it was just a bad vibe and it was just we left the casino like what the fuck did we just do you know what i'm saying it was like one of those like instant regret as soon as we stepped in there but then when we left we really did we didn't we didn't spend a lot of money at all but um it's just a bad bad energy bad vibes and uh it just it just it didn't feel right you know it just didn't it didn't feel right but that brings me to this uh article that was in the atlantic uh, that we're gonna put up on the summer jam screen and it was talking about how poverty changes the brain so the article breaks down how the prefrontal cortex which is it right like if your brain was sitting without the skull it would be like like right where your forehead should be that's the prefrontal cortex so that helps with uh problem solving task execution and goal setting in the prefrontal cortex or the very front part of your brain uh, it works with the limbic system and uh the limbic system it uh processes emotions and it triggers emotional responses and um and it also stores long-term memories so those two parts of your brain work together so when you're living in poverty the limbic system is constantly which controls emotion is constantly sending fear and stress messages to the prefrontal cortex so that basically that overloads the prefrontal cortex you know uh, so the person cannot problem solve correctly they can't set goals and getting things done they can't get things done in an efficient way and so the struggle to make ends meet on a daily basis it just keeps the person in a constant state of worry 
and so a nonprofit organization called Empath, which is the Economic Mobility Pathways Program, it works with uh, families to improve economic self uh, sufficiency of families. And uh, they, they coach adults and they work with uh, children at the center. Uh, using a model to combat intergenerational poverty you know using the brain science what they know about you know how the limbic system affects the prefrontal cortex and uh, how poverty affects all of that so when stressed you, you can't think clearly at all like i said before uh, so empath they uh, provide uh, coaching to the parents and time management skills uh, that gives the poverty stricken you know a sense of uh, control over their own lives you know giving them the tools and resources that they need to basically control their situation in a better way and empath they says that you know most organizations that try to be in the same group they only connect people with jobs and then they leave it at that so empath actually looks <clears throat> and this is out in boston they look at the the root of the problem using a brain science and then they help them solve it and become you know a self-sustaining entity the whole family and research shows um that poverty does affect affect the brain the limbic system and the uh prefrontal cortex but the good thing about it the good news about it is that those areas can be strengthened and the damage can be reversed so that's that's pretty dope um it was kind of depressing reading that because they were talking about there was a story in there about a woman who uh, whose son one of her kids she had like five kids one of her kids um had this uh condition where he needed to either have surgery which he couldn't afford or he could do exercises to uh, basically strengthen his muscles and he wouldn't have to have the surgery and they would reverse you know whatever damage that he had done to him they wouldn't go into details about the uh, condition that the young man had the young boy had and it was calling for him to do like 25 push-ups um doing like 25 squats and some other things and the mom was just so overwhelmed with you know the everyday struggle and having so many kids that she couldn't you know work out how her son would fit those those exercises in and so empath just basically broke it down to her saying that well if he can't do 25 push-ups or 25 squats well he can just do you know five here you know this day the next day try to do seven next day do nine and then just keeps working his way up till he can actually do 25 and she never did think of that but it was because all she's thinking about is how to survive and it's always in that fight or flight mode and she went on to say that you know she's an adult and she knows how to problem solve but it's just so so much stress and worry going on in her life that you know she really didn't think about it like that she didn't think to actually break down the exercises for him you know he could do like five sets of five you know do five rest five rest and so on until he gets to 25 you know five sets of five and she really didn't think about that because they say when you're in that state of constant worry and stress you're only seeing things in black and white and you're only worried about survival so everything else just becomes second second nature and it's like i said before just how that limbic system uh controls emotion and emotional response you know it feeds the prefrontal cortex so you really can't problem solve if it's just overloaded and you're just worried about how you're gonna pay these bills how you're gonna put food on the table you know and the condition of yourself and your children so 
shout out to uh empath and hopefully this study grows and expands. and it says that this group this uh, organization empath is planning on expanding and uh coming up with a way to expand their exercises and coaching styles to other organizations that'll help you know the poverty stricken all across the world so shout out to them and tuesday on twitter people were uh talking about excuse me how um kids are paying bills in the home and it's not right and things of that sort and uh you know i chimed in on a couple of tweets uh, because I know all too familiar what it's like to be a teen paying grown ass bills to help the household in situations like that. And uh, people were saying that it was predatory, you know, uh, the parents were lazy and things of that sort. But, you know, you have to look at it in a situation it does force you to grow up quickly. You know, when you're paying bills, paying rent, um, you know, buying your your, your siblings, um, you know, school clothes and things like that, you know, doing grown ass stuff with your money, working part time hours. And, you know, it's frustrating because you feel like that, you know, that you're forced to grow up too quick and you can't be out here with your friends, you know, spending your, spending your little paycheck and things like that because you have to, you know, pay the shut off notice. You know the rents pass due um, you gotta buy some food some groceries for the house and things like that uh, pay the house phone bill situations in situations like that and it's tough because you don't want to go without and you hate to see your family struggling so it just it just forces you like hey i really can't go out with my homeboys to the the funky monkey you know and act a fool you know and hit this after hour spot you know and uh, spend my little money on you know red bulls energy drinks and you know juice for the ladies and things like that because you're only like 18 so you only can hang out at after hour spots anyways that don't serve liquor and uh you know but i've had friends in college who had the same situation but it was one of those things where the parents were taking a portion of the money and saying that it was like for rent um, and then once they graduated uh they gave them all that money back because it was actually just sitting in a savings account so they gave them access to that savings account so they would have you know a little bit of a head start you know for those years that they were at home and going to college so that that's dope and there's you know there's good and bad to being forced to handle grown-ass bills because i feel that it made me a strong adult uh, and be able to look at situations as how I coped with it. it was like well is this life or death so I was always in that fight or flight mode and um, so I knew not to I knew how to prioritize if that made if that makes sense you know I, and I knew how to handle stressful situations because I've been in more stressful situations you know when you know if you're facing like an eviction notice or uh, just you know being without water and gas for like almost a month you know things like that and so it just puts you as an adult you don't want to go back there you know that you don't want to struggle it forces you to work you know harder and so you you try to work your way up out of poverty and it also like i said it makes you tougher and you've been adulting for so long that you just you just know how to handle business and you're so much more mature than people your same age who are still trying to figure life out and shit like that but on the you know the other side of it which sucks 
is you're missing out on the fun you don't have that that chance to be reckless or to be just having a ball with your friends and not in being carefree you know you feel like you missed out on some things and then once you become adult you know it could backfire and then you could just be reckless with your money once you get that first raise as opposed to putting it up and saving for your future you know you out here trying to you know you're out here in your late 20s trying to live like you're in your late teens if that makes sense because you just you know your money is starting to you know get bigger get longer bank account looking nice so you're trying to relive that youth but then you don't want to be the 29 year old nigga at college night you know what i'm saying so that's the downside to it and it just and it sucks and it's like well how do we combat this you know because i feel like in our community the black community with poor black folks that it's just normal and i said this before on twitter um when you have situations where uh kids move back home to save for a house uh after college a lot of kids do that when they get their first entry level job they go back home for a couple years and they just save their whole salary for a down payment towards the house and getting their credit right you know to get approved for a home loan you know saying but if you're your moms and pops still struggling or each one of either one of them are single and you move back with either one it's going to be a situation where they're seeing you as somebody who's going to come in and help pay these bills you know what i'm saying so you can't really be saving money like that and that's and that's frustrating it is because that's a great strategy you know if you really want to build something and your parents are able to take care of themselves which they should be and you know you move back home after college get your first entry level job you know and you and mom and dad's basement for like a you know a couple years you know at the most and you you know you save that salary uh, for that nice hefty down payment on the house um but it, it was a touchy subject because i seen i've lived it and and it really just brought up some uh, some different emotions from me because there was just like some it took me back to that that state of you know worrying and just past events and just being like god damn i missed out on a lot you just you really feel like that when you're forced to grow up you know when you're you know uh, 15 working a summer job and you're buying groceries and you know paying a light bill and then you get out of high school and you get your first real job at 18 and then you're forced to pay rent and you know help uh cover this bill so there won't be a shutoff notice and, and things like that so you just you just right there it's just like boom here's adult he'll smack you right in the face while your friends are off you know working a part-time job and going to school you know and you feel like you can't go to college so you have to well, that's how I felt. I felt like I couldn't go straight to college, even though, you know, all my teachers was telling me you're very bright, yada, yada, yada. And, um, you know, I had associates at the TAC building telling me the same thing, you know, different, uh, you know, ACT scores, SAT scores were just off the charts, very book smart. And, uh, you know, I could have benefited from going, you know, straight from high school to that. But you grow up so goddamn poor you're like well i just got to start working full time right off rip to help get my family about this rut and so that's what you're thinking about the whole time and it's how guys i grew up with like i said some went to college and you know had the part-time job going and they had a nice hefty paycheck after they graduated from their parents you know to give them a nice head start but then i had my players on the flip side my, my friends from the block a few of them 
you know and i had some friends join the military off rip you know to get them a nice paycheck and get them a fresh whip and you know get their schooling paid for shout out to them for their service but i also had guys on the flip side like i was about to say who were who started you know selling weed and crack just so they could get their mama up out the hood and get them up out that situation and you know a lot of them got knocked for that you know me and they got locked up wasn't too didn't really try to flip legit at all you know i seen these guys you know pull up on me you know in a clean old school box chevy caprice classic you know two three thousand dollars in a rubber band on them and then shit two weeks later they can't even make bail you know but they didn't get a mama all that money you know uh their moms or their pops that money and uh you know they didn't pissed it all away you know trying to be flashy and all this other shit you know giving it to their pops and they pops coming out in a goddamn velour feel a sweatsuit you know what i'm saying fresh to death but you know now your son can't make bail because he got busted with a couple of vows of yellow tops so you know we all make our choices but um we really need to start preaching financial literacy you know to our people you know in the hood but we also have to address you know how how we got into this situation also uh but it, you know at the end of the day just looking back on you know how i lived and how i was you know came up and you know it was tough very tough and uh you know it was heartbreaking too just to kind of see you know where i came from to where i am now you know getting ready to do some very big things you know with my wife and you know it gets you kind of a little bit choked up um so like i said just seeing those tweets and going back to that place you know i just i would say to my parents right now you know meaning my listeners who got kids out there all my parents out there um you know do like my friends who went straight to college you know had a part-time job dude you know once you're or if they're working in high school too uh just sit that money off to the side for them just you need to grind and still take care of your kids you know uh, i know it's it's me saying something that just sounds so easy but you really have to sacrifice you know for your kids to succeed because you just want them to be in a better spot than you and it's just like me trying to work my way up out you know certain a certain situation and get to a certain uh tax level i would want to see my future kids do a hell of a lot better than me that's always the goal you know you don't want to raise no lazy ass kids so you know just do what like i said like my uh, my college friends did my friends that went to went off to college just sit that money off to the side you know they graduate just boom you know here they go they got you know five to seven racks you know to just give them a head start you know so they can find an apartment and you know or if they want to take that college degree and use that five to seven racks to start in a new city or something like that that would be a lovely head start so just kind of think about that you know for your little ones and so that's really all i gotta pretty much say about that um i don't really want to just keep ranting about that and how it's right and how it's wrong you know to force your kids to to work and things like that and help out the household Um, but you know we do really need to utilize resources that are out there you know that help struggling families and we do really need to preach financial literacy because i know a lot of uh, folks a lot of kids uh growing up with me 
you know, they already got bad credit before they even, you know, uh, step out to get their first apartment because they didn't got, you know, a cable bill in their name, got a phone bill in their name, and, you know, the shit went delinquent and all this other stuff. So you starting off with like a fucking uh, 410 uh, fucking uh, score, uh, credit score, and all this other shit. But speaking of the little ones, uh, there was a story that ran on CNN. Let me pull this up real quick. And it's just just very shocking to me. It was called, it said, uh, school tells the sixth grader to fix his haircut or face suspension. And the child's name is uh, Xavier Davis. Uh, he goes to a middle school uh, down in Texas, in Baton, Texas. And the sixth grader, he was walking to class and his teacher saw his haircut and said you have two lines in your hair go to the office and the reason that this is a problem is because this child has had this haircut for the past six months now all of a sudden it's a problem and that's what his father was saying and so his mom dukes is basically just coloring the two lines with a permanent marker and she said, and I quote, in order for him to get an education, we have to treat his hair like a coloring book, I guess. Now, this is the stupidest shit ever. My man's been had this haircut for the past six months, almost the whole school year. And all of a sudden, it's a problem now. I just feel like his teacher was watching uh, one of them uh, gangland shows or something. And it was probably, you know, like the uh, the uh, black ballpoint pen pimps or something she was reading about who have like two cuts in their hair or some shit like that. Or the microwave maniacs and they keep two two cuts in their hair on the left side. Or then you got the, uh, the, uh, the iPhone phonics gang or some shit like that. You know, they got two cuts on the right side and they always throw up the peace sign. You know, some imaginary ass gang she probably didn't watch. And she's like, oh, go to the motherfucking office. And so they're telling him he got to fix his haircut or he's going to be faced with in-school suspension. And it says uh, the administration uh, and the supervisor reserves the right to determine if a hairstyle is disruptive to the educational process. Now, I could see like if it was some uh, crazy ass shit where it was like some curse words cut into his head or something like that. It's literally two lines. And why do we always police black folks hair? when white folks can't do it you know what i'm saying it's it's always a situation if a white person can't emulate the hairstyle then it's unprofessional that's all it boils down to and i'm gonna just leave it at that all right hov what you got don't be the next get tested on that summer jam screen i smoke rocks i smoke rocks all right so moving on to selling hope like dope I guess we gotta uh, revisit a couple of packs I got off a couple weeks ago when I spoke about uh, Shea Moisture and the uh, outrage that was going on with uh, black women and Shea Moisture. So apparently it just uh, turned into a whole kettle bomb and it just kind of blew up uh, a couple days ago and people still talking about it to this day uh, about this, uh, this advertisement of uh some uh, two white women and a light-skinned black woman talking about why they hate their hair now uh they released the uh video on facebook and it was nothing but backlash after backlash after backlash uh from black women 
and the funny thing about it is that this advertisement if you actually went to their youtube page you see that it was part of a larger story that actually has men in it some black men some latino men some dark skinned sisters some more white folks some curly head white folks some uh there's one lady who's uh i believe she's hispanic and she has really thick hair and she's somehow thick her hair got and how hard it was to uh manage it and it's so it's all a part of the ad series it's, a, it's they call it an adumentary because it's like a long series of 24 different women and they fessed up to it said that they messed up by putting you know these three stories together on this ad uh but what people don't understand is that this brand is trying to grow and expand and they're always doing new formulas and things of that source and so t i wanted to just sit on this a little bit because i know they were going to talk about it on tv one and uh richie lou uh the uh, ceo of sundial which owns uh shea moisture which he started you know using recipes from his grandmama him and his mama started it up in a, a college uh, uh roommate or a classmate a friend from college helped them start it up and they were selling the flea markets and things like that and expanding it you know it is to what it is today this huge entity uh under sundial and uh, or the company created sundial so you know uh black folks going off well black women going off about it because it was uh racially insensitive they got this light-skinned black woman on here and they got these two white women on here talking about how they hate their hair and then one sister was talking about that you know this is the ideal hair you know it's very privileged in america yada 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 and the first question i had was what is going on with so-called black feminists trying to erase another black woman's blackness like just trying to erase her as not being black people are calling this woman mixed um she could be puerto rican yada 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 it's the same thing that we've seen with kendrick lamar's uh video we had the uh sister on there with the chinky eyes and the curly hair and the uh, light skin and then it turned into uh well dark women don't get any love for anything and that's a damn lie you can go to shea moisture's facebook page you can go to their youtube page and see the commercials and uh different the same documentary about why you hate your hair what do you hate about your hair and there's a dark-skinned sister on there telling her story there's another light-skinned woman with a full-ass afro and face full of freckles telling her story and then there's a, a little lesbian looking white chick and they're telling her story so i don't know what the exact problem is you know people keep coming out trying to say that shea moisture is changing the formula because you call them out on a race and the blackness and how the company wants to grow and expand and then they're like well they're changing the formula and it's not true and uh you can look at shea moisture's facebook page and that's all that they keep saying one woman even went as far as to hold up two different bottles to say that they are changing the uh the formulas and what's i don't know if these niggas ain't reading or what because shea moisture broke it down like well what are you look you're looking at one is for dandruff and the other one is for curls or something like that let me let me read it verbatim hold on let me get my phone up here give me just a second um let's see here give me just a damn moment here just bear with me okay so 
this woman she said but the product formula did change and both bottles look similar they're both black with orange writing but clearly it's not the same paragraphs or anything like that and um shea moisture responds is uh you know thanks for reaching out we love to explain the product you see on the top of the photo is our african black soap dandruff control shampoo and the product product at the bottom is the african black soap deep cleansing shampoo they're not the same product they're in the same product collection so we can see how things may get confusing they make over currently 150 different hair care products and they're always expanding and growing and so this is it's one of those things where people i don't know if they're using this as an excuse because they're feeling bad because they were pretty much they don't understand that a business is trying to grow and expand its line and they got called out for shitting on how you gonna be a feminist and you shitting on another woman especially a black feminist and you're shitting on a black woman trying to erase her blackness talking about she ain't black enough so what is going on here i feel like you're using this whole shea moisture uh, formula thing as a scapegoat to justify your uh fake outrage and like i said la a couple weeks ago you know if they are changing the formula that's fucked up but it's been proven now over many social media posts and from the ceo himself that they haven't changed the formula at all and the reason for the expansion which is a be beautiful way that this brother put it he was saying that they're expanding the market to protect its core which is his original customers black folks and he said if he stayed just focusing on black folks he wouldn't be able to you know keep uh helping the sisters out over in africa as far as um getting those natural supplies from them you know from their their farming areas you know to make uh you know different products for shade moisture he wouldn't be able to continue that he wouldn't be able to continue the college programs that he has going on over in africa and the caribbeans and things of that sort because you niggas ain't buying enough that's what it just breaks down to y'all ain't buying enough for the product for them to keep you know doing the great things that they do for the community and for them to keep making a profit that's what it breaks down to when he says he's expanding his market to protect the core that's what it is you niggas ain't buying enough so okay we have to expand our market that's basically what it is and i feel where shea moisture fucked up it is they were ex they were explaining too much even with him being richie lou being on a tv one he was just explaining too much just just going off and giving a social media giving the power of social social media too much he kept on saying that you know you can't fault them for one blunder you know they've been putting in work for 27 years focusing on black women but what he, i feel like he doesn't understand is right now in this age in internet activism it deals with absolutes it deals with um yeah just straight up absolutes there's no gray area nothing at all it's just if you do this then you're this it's just like how uh black feminists have this goofy ass argument that if you're not attracted or date a tranny a transsexual woman then you're considered a transphobic it's like no 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 this clearly looks like a grown man with some makeup on and what about if i want to have a, ch a child you know with my own dna and with my wife's dna 
or whatever no no you're, you're being transphobic so it's just absolute and it's like no trans folks don't even date trans folks you know like get the fuck out of here you know so and then in situations where you know they talk about toxic masculinity but nobody wants to address you know gay men up here you know feeling like they could beat the shit out of a woman and get away with it because they're gay so nobody talks about that it's just the internet just deals in absolutes it's like if you don't do this then you're a phobic of this you know um there's no gray areas it's just strictly black and white so i feel like they're doing just too much explaining and giving too much power you know to the people after explaining that no we didn't change the formula yes we're expanding so i, f- I hate rehashing old shit but like i said in the the, the previous podcast a couple weeks ago you know you don't ever forget about your core and there's nothing wrong with expanding you know and i said it would be fucked up if they just forget about you know who got them to this point where they could expand and it and it and it would be but this is not the case after seeing them explain over and over no we got a whole bunch of products a whole bunch of different product lines you niggas just ain't reading the goddamn bottles that's what it is so it's looking funny in the light a lot of this fake outrage is looking very hilarious in the damn light and it's like malcolm x said in the in the uh in the ballot or the bullet when he was talking about how people need to basically uh you know support small businesses let them grow and expand and he said you know woolworth uh even though i think they're they're all closed now but he said woolworth didn't start out big like they are today they started out as a dime store and they expanded and expanded and expanded until today they're all over the country and all over the world and they're getting some of everybody's money general motors the same way they didn't start out like it is it started out as a little rat race operation and expanded and expanded until today it is where it is right now and you and i have to make start make a start and play best place to start is right in the community where we live so it's just just you really i don't know if black folks just out here feeling like you know we own this company even though i guarantee most of y'all ain't got stock in sundial at all or any kind of investments in sundial besides you know maybe buying a product when it's buy one get one free at walgreens am i reaching i don't know but i feel like uh like the brother said on tv one a lot of times we get so possessive but we haven't invested anything into these companies that we feel we have possession over so it's just something to think about but moving on and staying in selling hope like dope we're gonna stay on this street corner we're gonna get these packs off uh what is going on with fucking ebony i seen uh there was a trending topic on twitter earlier today called uh, ebony o's and uh it's basically uh saying that ebony don't pay his freelance writers at all and i'm talking about ebony magazine this is some wild shit right here and uh most folks talking about that they they're old you know it's just like a few it's not even a few thousand dollars like one brother was talking about he was owed um like fifteen hundred dollars like y'all can't y'all ain't shelling out money like that it's just it's looking funny in the light over there at ebony y'all writing all these hit pieces and all this other bullshit and ebony released the official statement after it got trending um let's see here uh let me keep yeah the root wrote an article about it uh let me see who else wrote an article about it um 
think the establishment or something like that wrote one about uh ebony o's and uh these people have they've written stuff way back in the summer of 2016 and they're come come creeping up on a year and they still ain't been paid one brother yeah he owed they owe him like 1700 dollars and then uh, Ebony released a statement talking about uh, Ebony Media values the work of our freelancers and writers. We understand their concerns and we know that their unique talent and dedication to telling our stories have been an integral part of our success. As a part of our strategic growth plan, Ebony Media is working diligently to streamline and improve efficiencies throughout our operations and we will honor our commitment to our partners just pay these motherfuckers i don't even know what's wrong what's, what's going on with that just cut that goddamn check there was one brother that said that he wrote uh, a piece about obama being a pop president or something like that pop culture president and he said he wrote that in early uh spring or something like that and he still ain't received a check and then one person had to end up calling uh, accounts payable to get paid and just some old janky shit how long has ebony been, been around ebony been around for a minute and y'all still out here ain't paying these folks now y'all better than me because i would straight up fake an official lawyer letter or some shit like that and send that shit straight to ebony and be like yo y'all need to cut this check or you're gonna see me on judge judy but hey people are uh getting exposed uh exposure is key i guess and uh you know we're living in a time where you know exposure is better than a paycheck you know uh, people like people will deal with likes over cash you know which is dumb as fuck but it is what it is so we got that pack off for shea moisture we're getting these packs off for ebony because they selling hope like dope this portion of do rags and boat shoes has been brought to you by the letter l as in hey yo my guy my hands are full give me a hand here can you hold this l all right holding the l this week um has to be espn they laid off 100 people uh all on-air personalities due to uh these crazy ass uh rights deals that they have with like the nba um and I think uh, Monday Night Football, so the NFL, just they got these just crazy, ridiculous deals that actually is going to end up helping NBA players get paid even more under that uh, collective bargaining agreement. And they really want you to feel sad for the people that they're letting go. And the reason that ESPN is saying that they're letting these people go is because of uh, they want more anchors or uh sportscasters whatever you want to call them to be more cross-platform they can be on different shows can be on web-based series and things like that and can you know maneuver and shake through social media because at right now we're living in the age of the information age we've been in it for a minute but internet is actually the new cable and people uh i think i'm about to make this move myself is uh you know get rid of my cable and then just have high speed internet honestly and just have a few subscriptions like hbo and stars and even you know espn uh just to you know watch my sports and to catch up on different things of that sort and then you also got social media always keeping you updated on different sports and things like that because honestly uh the only thing that i watch is the walking dead i can always catch that online you know the next day on the amc app or whatever you somebody's login um 
then some shows on uh in like Dragon Ball Super. I can watch pretty much everything on Crunchyroll, which is an app. And yeah, like I really don't be watching TV like that. Like Jesus and Mero, I watch that, but you can actually watch that on the Viceland app. I'll just use somebody's login, you know, who still has cable. Just use my grandmama's login or something. But but that's the wave that's going on. But they want you to care, you know, about these sportscasters being laid off knowing they about to get a healthy severance package and all this other nonsense because they're actually being laid off and they were making you know six figures or more in their careers uh some people been there for you know 13 years some people only been there for four years but hey it is what it is a lot of y'all probably gonna end up on fox sports or going back to doing local news y'all gonna fall on your feet uh, so it's like, oh, please feel sorry for these people who are on TV and, you know, making six figures or damn near six figures a year or seven figures, some of them. And I, I don't feel bad for them. I don't. Like a lot of times in a market like that, you have to move and groove and, you know, be uh, with change and things like that. You have to be very fluid and always learning and always growing. So you can't just really get too comfortable anywhere. So hopefully they all had fuck it plans, but uh, 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 a fuck it uh, funds. I'm sorry. Fuck it plan. A fuck it fund. It's, it's late. I'm tired. Y'all. I'm sorry. So, yeah, ESPN hold this L because I really don't give a fuck uh, about these people being laid off. You trying to make me care about it? I, I really don't. You know, shout out to, uh, you know, Michael and Jamel getting their, their slot on uh, Sports Center, you know, the primetime slot. But honestly, uh, man, I ain't. The only time I watch ESPN is if the Spurs are playing. Like, I don't watch none of them shows. I don't want to see Stephen A. talking about, I don't give a damn about the black community. I I just, I really don't care. And I think a lot of people are like that. that I've seen a few tweets talking about people are like, I don't only time i watch ESPN is if there's an actual sporting event on and that's the truth like there's a basketball game on the spurs or there's like a college game on like Creighton's playing or Iowa State that's it that's the only time we watch it i don't watch any of them bullshit ass shows none of them not around the horn first take sports center none of that shit i mean and when the nba games are on the NBA on ESPN is so bad with uh, Michelle Beadle and Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose is so bad at being a sports broadcaster. I don't know who he knows at ESPN to get this job, but he is not—he is not witty enough, and he's not quick he can't flow it's just always an awkward silence with him and just he just looks uncomfortable up there it's just it's painful to watch so every time the pregame is on i don't watch it i watch right at tip off and then when it goes to um the halftime show with them talking i'm changing the damn channel you know it's it's espn been going downhill for a long time so i am I am not feeling sorry for y'all. So your employees with that great severance package, your boy A-Double is going to hand you a nice, shiny red L that's in the same font as the ESPN logo. Hold it. You win. Perfect. 
All right, so moving on to Not All Heroes Wear Capes, uh, we have to give it to the Writers Guild Association. They are threatening to strike, and I believe over 95% of the Writers Guild Association has approved the strike. And this means that they're uh, all shows, including like late night shows, um, uh, season premieres of shows in the fall will be, you know, kind of fucked up. And I say this because the last time we had um, a writer's strike was about 10 years ago, and that actually gave birth to what we have now with all these reality tv shows like the kardashians the housewives uh teen mom just all these reality shows and these stars uh like survivor and uh these different games so these different reality game shows and things of that sort and i say that you know with them striking i call them heroes because this is going to open up the lane for a lot of creative people online there's going to be these huge companies in hollywood looking at social media looking at social media personalities and you know giving them their big break i i feel it's coming if if this if they actually follow through with this strike a lot of good creative folks online will get a paycheck they will be content creators on a broader level which is going to be amazing and i am not mad at that that's why i say not all heroes wear capes you know on these uh these writers as part of this writers guild association a lot of good folks so there's so many creative folks out there online so many funny tweeters out there um just just good folks just great comedy skits on uh instagram like i said way back in the other segment i forgot which segment that was the internet is actually the new cable you know it's uh the new entertainment it's it's the world wide web is just connecting you to so many creative and talented people so once this writer's strike happens i want everybody to be on their p's and q's and you know be ready uh because their moment will be coming all right so moving on to health over wealth you know what i say without your health you can't enjoy your wealth and this quote comes from an unknown source and it basically says it's simple to say no when your priorities are in order so we're going to talk about the uh, power of saying no a lot of us have trouble saying that and like like i always say lisa nichols is a major key and she always says that no is a complete sentence meaning you don't have to explain yourself you ain't gotta you know make up an excuse you ain't gotta lie it's just a simple no with the period at the end that is the power of no a lot of times we say yes too quickly and we say no too late you know you jump into something you think you're helping somebody out and then you know your cup is you know running empty and next thing you know you drained and you broke and you in a situation that you didn't want to be in so you really have to take care of yourself first prioritize and learn to say no there is nothing wrong with saying no you know people will take advantage of you for being a yes person for always saying yes and trying to people please and everything learn to say no so people will value you saying yes 
all right so make sure you take care of yourselves out there and as always much love and respect to every single one of my listeners and i will see y'all next week hopefully i'll see y'all next week i'm working on a lot of stuff outside of work and i mean well this is work outside of uh this podcast and you know might be i don't know finishing up some big things i really don't want to just kind of put it out there yet uh, what i'm working on uh but it involves expanding this brand and uh making it the best that it can be so i will i will i will see y'all next week i'll 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 guarantee it i'll see y'all next week love y'all one yeah yeah what up this the boy uncle murder but from now on call me lg and i came to light the city up with the big homie funk flex live on hot 97 lenny grant story coming soon Woo! yep you know what it is funk flex uncle murder whoa we here gmg atm Yes! And flex we trust. I'm totally right, bruh. I got 70,000 on my neck. <laughs> got my boy White in here with me. He got about 100 on his. Uh, uh, I'm just clear. saying, let's be clear here, man. <laughs> no mistakes. Lenny hey. Grant story coming. Mike get shot by a cop today for being black on the block today. In the trap getting chicken. Four fifth got an extended clipping. I'm old dog with the llama. What you said about my mama? Shoot a nigga for some petty shit In the restaurant on some belly shit No mother, no father Yeah, I grew up in the Carter We ain't let a crackhead work for us though We was more smarter Take it back to the old school Street smart, I ain't go to school Dropped out, got a GD Broke teachers can't teach me No respect for the OGs West Coast made us look weak Pac died, niggas killed big Big died, they dead to beef Rest in peace to my nigga Ty Wish you was still head player Me and Webb still killing niggas So what is 20 years later Next year make 20 years Still feeling niggas you ain't here Got a movie I'm about to make Trying to partner up with Lion Gate I done been through it all Flex, I done seen a lot Seen chicks get their kids a kiss When they just finished giving me top Main chick wants a nail Side chick want a burger Young chick want Gucci Told her we don't do Gucci Glad to freeze the nigga Gucci I ain't pulling over, they might shoot me Strapped up like where the beef is Got ID for them pieces Fridge used to be empty Had to grab the nine, let it empty Now it's hella food in the fridge Dropping out the best thing I ever did School couldn't pay the bills Or put food on the table We was watching regular TV Hit the block, now we got cable These ball man jeans, Versace on my feet Shirt by Da Vinci Niggas hating on me, I ain't worried about nothing like the homie Frenchy Diamonds all in my chain, all in my watch, niggas don't like that That's how people get shot and people start saying, why they do them like that? Got girls kissing girls, Menards, Etoiles, yeah, I really like that Girls like all them new Drake songs, they don't care if he ain't right there <laughs> 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 Baby, whoa <laughs> Nigga, you mad? Stay mad. That type of talk ain't never gonna stop. You mad at me? You should be, bro. Let <laughs> the grand story coming soon, we man. We not laughing with you. We laughing at you. <laughs>